Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the UW Film Club podcast, where each week a member of the club comes on to the show to talk about a movie of their choosing. Whether it's good, bad, topically relevant, or anything in between, it's all on the table. I am one of your hosts, Greg Arietta, and joining me, as always, is Cynthia. Hello, Greg. <laughs> uh, this week, we have no guests. Yeah, it's uh, just us. It's just us two, you know. We're doing it on a Sunday morning. As know. usual now. As usual now. <laughs> I feel like it, I feel like it's because of SIF and because it of UW probably. Student Film Festival. Because UW Student Film Festival is like its own thing. Yeah. It's like a, uh, it's like a, a weekly thing that needs caring for mm-hmm. every week. And then SIF is like its own thing now. It's like daily now. Yeah. For, before, yeah. I'm like, we'll get into that with like, <laughs> like, what do we see this week? But it's been like, for me... Before, in the winter quarter and in the fall quarter, I wouldn't have either of these two. <laughs> so I'd be like, oh, okay, well, I can plan the podcast more in advance. And now it's just become like, oh, Friday night, <laughs> what, what are we doing with the podcast? <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's been pretty busy, like we said. It's just us two on the podcast. Trying to get this thing out on Monday. <laughs> For, so the film we, I, we chose, or basically I chose, was uh, Under the Silver Lake, David Robert Mitchell's mm-hmm. Follow up to it follows. He's more topically relevant. More topically relevant, especially. Wow. We'll get into that (laughs) and the whole thing. Um, But you know, could have gone with anything really. Really, yeah. I feel like the the selections I do for this podcast are weird because I did the Book of Henry first. (laughs) I I can't remember if I had to do like a random pick in the past, but um, like. The other options I had for this week were Mission Impossible, Fallout, or like Marie Antoinette. They're all good. But I was like, <sighs> you haven't seen Under the Silver Lake, so it's like a good excuse. To yeah, we had it. I had started it earlier in the week, mm-hmm. and uh, it was on my girlfriend's laptop, and she had started the rental, mm-hmm. and we didn't finish it. Uh, so she went oh. home with the rental, and I had to rebuy it. I'm like, well, oh. I'm gonna have to finish this anyway, so why don't we just do it on the podcast? <laughs> uh, you know, it is uh, timely. Because we did, it is like like just dropped and kind of left to die. Yeah, for sure. For by sure. like a twenty four. We'll we'll get into that. Yeah. <laughs> how's your week going? Have you seen anything good? Um, I saw a documentary. I saw a Sif. What can we say? I think. So. How much can we say? Well, you, you can, we can because we do cash for you, oh, so you okay, can say you've cool. seen it. Okay, I've seen uh, this documentary called Honeyland. It's pretty much, it's just about this... Sundance, yeah. Yeah, oh, it was premiered at Sundance, yeah. It's about this lady called Aditza. She's like this bee hunter in Macedonia. And basically, the documentary just like follows her life, and it's really interesting. Yes, yeah, Sif has been uh, a little hectic because you're managing like CMS class watches, mm-hmm. plus like the screenings that Allied has, yeah. plus now SIF watches. Mm-hmm. I saw one, two, three. I've seen four SIF films Christ. this week. Two of them were screeners. Mm-hmm. That was Wild Rose and Pigeon Kings. Pigeon King? It's a Pigeon Kings. It's like, it's absolutely insane. So like, <laughs> apparently there are people who train pigeons. They're called roller pigeons. What? And, and they, it's in like South LA. There's this group of like enthusiast pigeon trainers. Oh my gosh. And they have like this whole kind of competition based about who can train the best like kit, a kit mm-hmm. being like a group of birds mm-hmm. that they train. And like the whole thing is like, you have to have them synchronized to do like these roles. <laughs> And the roles Why? are apparently seizures that the birds have. What? That's how they describe it. They're like the bird, it's like a genetic seizure oh in the gosh. air and they roll. Okay, I have to see this now. <laughs> and it's like, 
it turns like these like like pigeons are basically like sky rats. They're just like <laughs> rats in the sky, and like it makes it like re- like it's totally wild. And I really liked it. And then there's Wild Rose. It was okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw Sword of Trust and The Nightingale mm-hmm. at the screenings. And then I saw the new Zhang Mo film. Oh, Shadows. Shadow, yeah. Is it good or bad? Uh, it's good. It's good. It's. I think it's weighed down by like its political and like mm. drama narrative, but the second act has like this incredible martial arts sequence, mm-hmm. which really proves how much Zhang Can, is yeah. like really good at that kind yeah. of stuff. So yeah, I give like a three out of five. Three out of five. Dang, you saw a lot of films. Yeah, I feel like lacking now. <laughs> yeah, it's like every every minute of my day is like filled with something, <laughs> and I'm watching stuff so. It's great. But some of my CMS classes are getting the shaft, though. Yeah. I have to, like, make yeah. up a bunch of... I'm taking a, a new Hollywood class. Oh, and some cool. of them I've seen before. Yeah, so it's, like, okay if you skip them. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, when I go back to, like, whenever we have to do a writing on it, I'm, like, fuck, Ooh. I'm remembering this film from, like, two years ago. <laughs> so uh, that's my week. So yeah. fun stuff. <laughs> but, yes, let's get into... Under the Silver Lake. This <laughs> film was released literally weeks ago. To, yeah. to my surprise, yeah. it didn't even. It got like this stealth release. It was originally played. It originally premiered at Cannes last year. Yeah, and it's supposed to come out this summer, like a few months mm-hmm. after. A twenty four picks up the rights for Under the Silver Lake in twenty sixteen mm-hmm. uh, before it's even made. Yeah, they just like they're saying we want to work. They banked on the direct. The director, who had done two films prior, mm-hmm. it the aforementioned It Follows in 2014, mm-hmm. and then The Myth of the American Sleepover in 2010. Mm-hmm. Both of those films were in Cannes, but they weren't in competition. They were at Critics Week, yeah, which is just kind of like, you know, these films are not in the competition, but we're showing them there. Mm-hmm. Under the Silver Lake was, was in competition, yeah, so it's a step up this time. And it got, like... Mixed reviews. Mixed reviews, to say the least. Like, it's very polarizing on this film. Yes. This film has drawn, drawn, like, extreme, like, praise and extreme, like, hate. Yes. (laughs) And I think I'm on the extreme praise side and you're on the extreme hate side. So this is going to be a great conversation. Um, So this film... uh, is about this guy named Sam. Mm-hmm. He's like this slacker. Lo- slacker loser. Yeah. And one day in his apartment complex, he sees um, Sarah, who is mm-hmm. Riley Keough. Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce that. Riley Keough. Fun fact, it's supposed to be Dakota Johnson originally. Oh, really? Yeah, that's what Wikipedia says. Hmm. And they replaced her. That'd be interesting. They kind of have the same free, kind of that vibe. Mm-hmm. Not free, but, like... Yeah. So, he meets Sarah at the apartment complex, and, like, after he gets a kiss from her, and then the next day... She's sorry, gone. Yeah. Sorry, they hang out. Yeah. They get a kiss. The next day, she's, like, gone. All of her mm-hmm. stuff is gone. Like, moved out, except for, like, this two kind of uh, squares on their... Her, on her window, and then, like... Or not her window, her it's, door. It's, in the, like, behind the yeah. door. Yeah, yeah. He sees these two kind of, like, squares put next to each other, mm-hmm. and it leads him down, like, this path of conspiracy yeah. throughout L.A. It is, like, this neo-noir mm-hmm. kind of old Hollywood aesthetic. That's a huge, huge thing I want to get it's to later. It's huge. It's but, like, obvious. what, yeah, the allusions to, like, old Hollywood and stuff are. like that are, like, throughout <laughs> this film. But that's the synopsis that leads him down, like, this huge mm-hmm. rabbit hole 
of just like weirdness yeah. and it's like if you kept clicking on a bunch of things on Reddit. Yes. <laughs> that I, one of the things like after I'd seen this film, I was like, I need to see as much or I need to like get as many different opinions, right? Mm-hmm. I need to know why people like this film and why people don't like it. And like mm-hmm. Reddit was like one of the things that keep coming up because there's a lot of conspiracy mm-hmm. in this film. But let's just start off with initial reactions. We kind of alluded to before. What yeah. did you what is your take on this? Um so I also went on like Letterboxd and Reddit to just kind of get the opinions of other people as well because um, my first impression was I, I don't like this film. <laughs> I don't particularly like this film. And I the majority of the reason why I don't like this film and a lot of other people don't like this film is it's like very ov- overt male gaze like mm-hmm. appeal or tone of it. And it kind of just really threw me off. And a bunch of people I saw were, like, arguing for it. It's like, he's ironically doing it. But for me, it just felt so much that it was it like, okay, are you I trying to make a statement? Or are you just doing it because you can at this point? Because it's very, a lot. it's so much. Mm-hmm. It's so much. So that's kind of that. Also, it's very long. <laughs> and I'm not a big long movie fan. And so, like, after a good hour, I was like, oh, my God, there's more. <laughs> yeah. So for me, I, I'd i seen this in, like, basically two halves. Mm-hmm. There's that part where I told you you saw it with my girlfriend at the mm-hmm. rental. And then, like, the other half I had to see on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, so I saw it, like, two halves. But I went back and I, like, moved back, like, a half hour so mm-hmm. I could watch, like, catch up and figure out where everything was going. But I really enjoyed this film mm-hmm. I feel like it has it's reminiscent of like the big Lebowski in oh, terms yeah. of how which is also very funny because our you know class <laughs> that we're taking this week is on like cult films yeah which this film is gonna, this I is feel gonna like this, be a cult this film. is gonna be a cult film undeniably mm-hmm. which is like it lines up so perfectly with like mm-hmm. our class I hope we get to bring it up because <laughs> I would talk about on this film for about like five minutes in class and just dominate just dominate <laughs> the conversation commandeer it and just be flex on Yomi not like flex but just be like <laughs> that one lunatic in the class that's just like ranting or like trying to convince people like this film is amazing so it works out perfectly but like it's reminiscent of the Big Lebowski and the mm-hmm. fact that like if you go through like the Lebowski history it wasn't received well at all yeah. when it first came out and then like slowly over time it became like this popular kind of like mm-hmm. subsex thing yeah. and then people were going back and saying this is actually like a masterpiece mm-hmm. and now if you like look on Letterbox, it's like it is like over, I think it's like a four, four bar yeah it's very high everyone loves it so I feel like this film has that potential maybe the only problem is I feel like um, for the Big Lebowski it's like the Coen brothers like they made mm-hmm. Fargo so everyone was like oh these guys know and they had made like Blood Simple before yeah. and uh, like oh god um, Miller's Crossing um, and Raising Arizona Raising Arizona and raising Arizona, yeah, this Thursday. <laughs> um, but for I think David Ruff, Robert Mitchell, I think that's his whole name. Mm-hmm. Three names, three first names. Jesus. Um, <laughs> but he doesn't have that much like clout, I guess. And so, especially with the how it got released, it might react differently. Yeah, the release on this thing was kind of botched. Yeah. We like, had, I don't think anyone knows this film exists unless you're, like, really into film. Yeah, I didn't, even, I didn't even finish my story about how I got sidetracked. So it was played at Cannes. Yes. I was supposed to release that summer. Mm-hmm. That summer, it got pushed back to the fall. I think mm-hmm. it was, like, December. Then again, like, a month out from December, mm-hmm. it got pushed back again into, uh, like, March. Yeah. And then, like... Up until then, it got pushed back like a month later. Mm-hmm. 
which was like and then it got like released theatrically and then did it get released theatrically apparently it did probably in like in LA or New York yeah probably, probably and then it literally just got dropped VOD two days later yeah it was man it just like we didn't like someone had tweeted about it and I was like what the hell I didn't even know it was coming out I remember the trailer like last summer and I was like oh Andrew Garfield A24 that sounds interesting the trailer looked bonkers so I was like okay and they don't, this isn't like new to A24 they've done this for like Hot Summer Nights mm-hmm. and like The Monster where they just release it I think they, that's their deal with DirecTV mm-hmm. and they're doing a similar kind of situation with Sofia Coppola's new film in terms of Apple. It's Apple, but mm-hmm. it's produced by A24. Yeah. So it's similar in that sense, but this film, I f- I'm pretty sure it was it was never, it was supposed to be released theatrically. Yes, it was. And then it just got dumped. Because mm-hmm. it, if you've seen the film, and we'll go on to explain, it is it wild. It is wild, yeah. I heard it was because of the mixed reviews in Cannes, they were like, oh, a lot of people were saying it was too long, and so they were like, oh, he... Let's give him time to like edit it down, and he never touched it. Apparently, yeah, it's gone uh, parallels drawn with Southland Tales, mm-hmm. which was the follow up to the Donnie Darko mm-hmm. director's. That was his next film. Yeah, I haven't seen that film. I wanted to watch it prior to the podcast, yeah, but I figured I, I found out it's either. two hours forty minutes, <laughs> so I didn't have time. So that's another point that you know if you want, you want to you want to explore. Yeah. Um, I heard that film's wild as well. It's got okay. The Rock and oh um, Justin god. Timberlake in it. Oh my god! So Jesus Christ! <laughs> like the film was just kind of released, and I don't. I, I feel like it's gonna get like a cult status. Oh yeah, I think so too. We'll see how big of a cult status it gets if it gets to like the Big Lebowski levels or not. I don't yeah. think it will, but. The, the Big Lebowski is, like, peak cold stuff. Yeah, that's true. But there's also, like, some parallels you can be drawn. Like, it's like the stoner film. Mm-hmm. And this film could e- very easily be a stoner film. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, like, the most beloved Reddit film ever because it's oh, all about yeah. conspiracy. It's literally a Reddit Redditor's dream. Yeah, it's with the Reddit logo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the A24 logo appears, and then the Reddit logo appears. But let's start. It's a, it is like a neo-noir. Mm-hmm, very um, so. It is like, he is this kind of like detective. Mm-hmm. And like the motivations behind his character are very simplistic. Sex. Yes. That's, that's it. <laughs> it's like, like he wanted to like get laid, and then yeah. he couldn't. So yeah. now he's kind of like following her. But like it's in that way of it's kind of that like mystery woman of like noirs in the past yeah. where it's like you're the you, you've met her like in one passing moment but now mm-hmm. it's like she's like captured his attention so much that he has to like pursue and like figure out where she has gone mm-hmm. and it like leads him down like this rabbit hole of like is is like it leads him down like this rabbit hole of like media and like is everything as it seems yeah. or are you reading too much into it which mm-hmm. goes into kind of like I don't know if it's again this film is so weird that it could either yeah. be you can either read it you can read it and there's so many different lights yeah for sure one light is that like it's media consumption and how we kind of like obsess over things that could totally be not yeah, he does like that. That the what is it? Um, the wheel of fortune and the week, the winking. Yeah, uh, or like the song and how he's like putting the numbers together. Mm-hmm. It could be like you could read it as that. The way I read this film is I read it as kind of like a commentary on like Los Angeles, mm-hmm. the place of like what Los Angeles is and like what yeah. Hollywood is is like a place of just like the absurd and like the surreal and like the fantasy, which mm-hmm. is 
kind of like manifests itself in Sam's own journey. Yeah. So what I'm trying to say is, I guess, is that this is a movie, right? Mm-hmm. But Sam is in L.A. in Hollywood. And this place, like this kind of narrative can only happen, happen in, in L.A. LA. Mm-hmm. To the point where um, there are not only like allusions to the film, mm-hmm. but it's like the fact that Sam is going through like his own surrealist narrative and it's like his own film mm-hmm. because it's only L.A. Does that make sense? Yes, it like, does. Yeah, because like L.A. Because like you get all these like weird kind of things, and I get the sense mm-hmm. that like the way Mitchell kind of uses the the, the place of L.A. is like it's so it's, tangible yeah. in this film. Yeah, like you have the Griffith Observatory. Yeah, you have uh, that cemetery. That mm-hmm. cemetery where they show movies is yeah. like a very the picnic cemetery. That's what I call it. <laughs> it's like it has a specific name, but it's like a big thing that yeah. people go to. People they watch like cult films. Yeah. They watch like Rocky Horror Picture shows. Mm-hmm. Um, there's that record store. You constantly see, like, the Hollywood sign. And I think mm-hmm. it becomes, like, very clear oh, at the yeah, end sure. when he's walking through. Spoilers, by the way. When he's oh, walking yeah. through and he finds that, like, cult. The, the cult with that dude and the three women. Mm-hmm. And you see, like, he's learning about it. And then it crosscuts with the Hollywood sign. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, basically saying, this is, like, a, it is, like, a movie. This mm-hmm. is, like, a land of fantasy. Yeah. But then again, is this me just going too deep into it? Is this something that's just... I mean, I kind of saw that idea of, like, this is, like, this is L.A. This is literally, like, the only place you can feel like fan- living out your fantasies is somewhat normal. And this kind of whole absurd idea seems somewhat normal. And it's only in LA, but like for me, it just got overshadowed by so so many other things. Yeah, it feels like the city is like a focal point of like mm-hmm. just like fantasy, surrealism, and like the unreal. And it's like yeah. this place is the land of movies, and if you come here, you can have your own movie. Mm-hmm. Not like realistically, but like yeah. that's kind of I feel like that's he's commentating on like the place of LA as it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get that with like. He has tons of posters playing on. Oh, yeah, for sure. You have, like, so many, so many, so many illusions to, like, pop culture and, and just in general. But then again, it could be, like, David Robert Mitchell being, like, tongue-in-cheek and saying you're reading too much into this because he makes, like, yeah, points because about... he makes points about how you're reading too much into, like, as you said, Wheel of Fortune and uh, this... The song. The song, The Jesus and the Bride what is, song. Is it Touching Teeth? Touching Teeth, yeah. Um, and then even, like, that one scene when he gets into the mansion and he's, like, talking about... Oh, yeah, that's great. <laughs> it's like it brings up one time. He comes in that one, um, like, the songwriter. Mm-hmm, the songwriter, name. yeah. The songwriter. And he's just, like, playing all these pop pop songs, songs on his piano. And he's music. like, I wrote this. Yeah. There's messages behind all these songs. Yeah. You guys just don't know it. But. All the things you think represent this true emotion is just created by me. I'm this white old dude. Yeah, it's like, and he just, it comes in like once, and then yeah. never comes back again. Yes, somewhere to kind of like the bell about the Big Lebowski, where like things come in and they're just gone. Yeah, and it's like this, and it's like this kind of detect, not like detective, but like one dude kind of pursuing this, this absurdity, this, yeah, this one thread of stuff, and it's leading him on like this path of absurdity. I mean, like, that's that's my take on it. Yeah. I, I, mean, I feel like it's really, it does it abstractly. Yeah. And it's, it could be, like, falling forward, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really, really thought it was great. Yeah. For me, I think, I mean, we just touched about, like, a lot of stuff that could be going on in this film. And I think it's just too metaphorically packed. I feel like if you just stuck with one idea and went through it, I think you would enjoy it way more than if you're, like, trying to, like, keep up, which was kind of felt like what I was doing when I was watching this film. It just felt like I had to keep on catching up with him mm-hmm. in a way, and I did not enjoy that because he's not a very 
great person <laughs> to even, like even start out as. So for me, it was just like there's so much going on and there's so many layers of metaphors that it kind of just became too overwhelming and messy for me to even want to continue understanding at a certain point. Mm-hmm. It's just, I think like what this, it, it's, it's going to polarize people oh, yeah, because sure. the structure of the film itself is not conventional. Mm-hmm. And like even the the resolution isn't is that really great. Like isn't that like if anything it's satisfying? just proves that he's a really dickish person. Yeah, it's and it's like the, the ending where it's just like you have these people thinking they're gonna transcend to this higher level. Mm-hmm. People are probably under like they're going like, how does this guy go from the fact that he's trying to get laid with this one person mm-hmm. to people burying themselves in these bunkers to mm-hmm. transcend to a higher level? It's like it's so it is very unsatisfactory to like anyone Mm -hmm. I feel like but in a way it's kind of like you're riding this wave of this vibe and you kind of Mm -hmm. don't care Um, that's how I feel about the Big Lebowski and that's why I like the Big Lebowski over something like this yeah we're having I'm sorry we're just playing this in the back I'm playing the thing as we're going and it has this bathroom scene so it alludes to the shining so hard this movie just has so many illusions. It's like, my favorite is like, there's a giant ass poster of Rear Window, and then all of a sudden he has the binoculars, and I was like, yeah. you didn't And then the, Hitch- the Hitchcock read yeah. too. And I was like, in case you didn't, didn't get the, like, the message yeah. or the illusions, which are like very heavy handed. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the structure itself mm-hmm. is not conventional to the point where it, it results in like satisfaction. It almost feels episodic toward, for me, at least. Mm hmm. This movie, because it was so long, it could have been just a miniseries. Yeah. It's, it, it could, like, you could split it up and add more. Mm-hmm. But I think I think just the way it's, like, his own little personal odyssey journey mm-hmm. where he's going through L.A. He's, like, going to L.A. parties. He's going to, like, these mansions. Mm-hmm. But, like, then going back to my point of just, like, the fantasy, right? Mm-hmm. When he goes to that... That when he goes to the mansion of the songwriter, you see like this the picturesque view of like the yeah. Hollywood Hills, and it's it's like so clearly like it looks like it's, it's painted. It's literally, I think it probably they probably did use a painting. And just like it's so like just saying like to me when I see this, I'm like this is like a land of fantasy. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not real, but it's like commentating on like the place. There's this great like kind of film magazine, online film magazine called Bright Wall Dark Room. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you ever heard of it? No. They do, like, monthly themes, and the theme for July is Los Angeles, and as soon as I saw it, I'm like, oh, they'll write, this is, like, as soon as I'd seen it, I'm like, oh, this is perfect for Under the Silver Lake, and then, like, the editor had, like, subtweeted, and he's like, because they had been, the, what the account had been tweeting about um, Under the Silver Lake for, like, the entire week, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, uh, I was like, well, what, I need try to understand and then they announced the theme and I'm like oh well there it is and then the editor had subtweeted it and said if only we had if we had a, a theme of the month that would work perfectly for this film and I'm like well there goes my writing opportunity because <laughs> thousands of other people are going to write about it too definitely the, the location of this place is oh yeah it's very it's so vital like I, I was reading a lot of other opinions and there were there's a lot of critics based in New York and a lot of them were just like this kind of made me not want to go to L.A. or something like that. Or, like... I've only heard bad things about L.A. in terms of, like, the congestion and how people don't like it as, like, a livable city. Oh, I mean, I'm kind of... Like, I'm hours south. I think 
as livable. Yeah, I don't think it's unless you're very into like congestion and like everything moving at another pace on another level. Then I can see people living there. But for me personally, it's just a shit show down there. <laughs> for and after I had seen this film, mm-hmm. I was like, I need to figure out like everything about it. And I went to, like, interviews. Mm-hmm. I went to the Cannes interviews, like, the mm-hmm. panel. And, like, David Robert Mitchell was, like, intentionally very coy about the meeting. He doesn't want to explain. Oh, sure. He doesn't want to explain anything. Mm-hmm. Whether that means, like, he himself doesn't understand it, know what it is. Or I'm pretty, I feel like he's somewhat competent because he's done, yeah. like, It Follows, and mm-hmm. that's pretty competent. Um, haven't seen his first directorial feature. Mm-hmm. But I feel like he's somewhat like cognizant of what he's doing oh for sure whether or not he said he had written this in a month on a, a quote like caffeine fueled like craze caffeine okay <laughs> um so it could be like again i feel like this could be as much as you want it to be yeah. or as, as little as, as you, you want, want it to be um it some of the people the opinions i've been looking up to is like it could be this like slacker film mm-hmm. that's reminiscent of the big lebowski like we mentioned before mm-hmm. and it's just going through the motions of nonsense and like mm-hmm. it's a conspiracy man and then it picks up that kind of following yeah. there but the opinions were like very they're very yeah yeah it's like <laughs> some people say it's great amazing masterpiece and that's kind of like I'm falling closer to that camp because I'm like I'm thinking about this film and like everything about it is just like like all I want to if I didn't have these homework assignments mm-hmm. to do I just want to go back and like rewatch there's it. There's a very high rewatchability just because of how weird it is, and so you want to like catch everything. And like if this film was more popular, mm-hmm. which I'm sure like in the future there'll be like Reddit threads of people yeah. trying. I'm maybe I'm like my tinfoil hat is. <laughs> I think there's got to be like. If he, if David Robert Mitchell is like alluding to like all these like hidden meanings mm-hmm. and like counting the number of words. Like, do you think there'd be something in like the credits where he's like, I arranged oh, the credits? I didn't even watch the credits. Oh no! I feel like there's got to be like some like larger like hidden message where he's oh, like tongue in cheek doing something here. And, like, yeah, because this whole film is just tongue in cheek. Yeah. So someone maybe like two years down the line there's gonna be one person like oh my god I found it (laughs) accidentally reading it and then he'll become Sam and Sam will or he'll become Sam and have his own little like conspiracy with this movie (laughs) I don't know I just thought the Andrew Garfield's character is so unlikable it kind of got me out of this movie where we keep alluding back to Big Lebowski but I thought like Jeff Bridges the dude is way more likable than someone like Sam Sam's like not paying his rent he has like this, and he has no intention of paying it ever. <laughs> and like, he's just like this dude, this pop culture dude. And you could be like drawing connections to like the conspiracy redditor that that, that is mm-hmm. Sam, and like kind of the comparisons that's drawn. And like, he does have like this the male gaze like all the over male this gaze film, is so all over. And the and only someone, reason why it's maddening for me is because there is that one line in the film where he they like talk about oh, our whole world is like a male gaze or something like that. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, so you acknowledged it, yet your film is filled with it. <laughs> yeah, because it's so, like, in, like, 20... Well, I guess this film was made in, like, 2017 yeah. twenty, and then released in 2018. It would be, like, hard, like... I mean, like, it would be... Like, you have to be, like, aware of that kind of yeah. thing. Like, it's, like, either you're intentionally doing it or you're just, like, completely ignorant of yeah. it, right? And someone had asked him on the Cannes panel, and, like... I don't think his an- his answer to me was like not satisfactory. Oh God! No. He was just like, I just did it from like the point of view from Sam, 
Like, two mm-hmm. people had brought it up, and he was, like, almost, like, dodging the question. So, like, that's one thing. It's, like, it's, it's, I don't know if he was, like, being intentionally vague, but it was it's interesting. very. It's pretty bad. obvious. Yeah, it's so bad. <laughs> like, it's very obvious. Especially, like, near the end when she's, like, holding the phone, and mm-hmm. she's just, like, topless in that one yeah. shot for, like, extended, like, 30-second shot. Mm -hmm. So, like, whether or not you want to buy into the fact that this is, like, this juvenile man's fantasy Mm -hmm. in Los Angeles, or whether they're not, it's Dave Robert Mitchell just being male Mm gazy. I mean, I think... I think I mentioned it a little bit, but at the end, it kind of explicit. Like for me, at least, it's clear that he is not a good person. At least that's what like the statement at the end felt like for me. But like, I think you can kind of get that sense right from the beginning, and just so it didn't feel like all those male gaziness had to happen in order for us to understand like this guy is driven by sex and is perverted as fuck. Mm-hmm. So then he just goes over to that the the parrot the bird lady. Uh, yeah, house. and they they're like, okay, let's fuck. Yeah, Wait. but all, also, what do you think the parrot's saying? It's a totally side thing. I don't mean to like take over the conversation. No, I try to write it. It down. sounds like cauliflower or like I don't give a fuck. It sounds, I thought it was like I don't give a fuck. But it's like it's the way you keep listening to it. Each time he says it, it's like, is he saying this or that or that? <laughs> Another Reddit theory. I, kind of, I really like that little tidbit where you're trying to say like what what are he saying because mm-hmm. you're like you're saying like what is David Robert Mitchell saying with yeah, this film yeah like this whole film is just like us in Sam's mind and just trying to understand what the hell is going on I kind of rolled my eyes too when he brought out the Nintendo Power Magazine oh yeah he was like, like whoosh, and I was like I was like now you're dragging like video games into this because mm-hmm. like it was music and then now he's drawing video games mm-hmm. it is music movies and then video games so I guess he's like drawing connections like but media especially in general old video games though it, they never bring up like new stuff it's like all the yeah it's all analog analog yeah or like there is digital you can do yeah. video games but like mm-hmm. you know he's got vinyl records and mm-hmm. stuff like that so there's also like that whole sense of like the older generation and like there's just so much <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah Andrew Garfield's character just kind of totally like after like a good 20 or 30 minutes of just like permeating inside his mind I was like that I hate. I don't like this character. He's very not relatable in any sort of way. Also, that scene where he beat up the children. Not. <laughs> oh yeah. Not it. <laughs> There's like also a lot of weird moments of violence in this film. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the like like the squirrel falling from the sky, and like just the other, dogs. The dogs. Um, like beware the dog killer. That gets dropped. Yeah, no, it's, it's just, what's, again, what is the meaning behind it? No one knows. I thought it was just, like, that dog killer, like, any woman with a dog, you all, all of a sudden are, like, keyed into them and being like, oh, are they, like, mm-hmm. subject to dog killings now? Yeah. But. I don't know, I feel like the, for me, it goes back to that notion of, like, the surrealist possibilities of Los Angeles where mm-hmm. just anything can happen. Mm-hmm. A squirrel falls from the sky and does it again have superior significance. Mm-hmm. Andrew Garfield's character also has like that past flame he has, which doesn't really become clear until oh, he was the model. The model for the the, the contact. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't become clear until, until very end. Which provides maybe some like motivation for his pursuit of Sarah mm-hmm. and how he's trying to like get laid, but also kind of like move on from his past girlfriend. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and that doesn't really become clear until the, the girl like pulls him aside and says, oh, it's nice to see you and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. I don't know. It's, so I was reading someone's take on it, and they were, like, suggesting that, like, he's, like, this 33-year-old man who were, like, in the mind of a 14-year-old. And so, like, mm-hmm. all these kind of... The way we see this film and the way this film is shot, because it's in Sam's perspective, it's, like, okay for some of these things to happen because we're in this mind of a 14-year-old, and so you have to implicitly think, this is weird. Like, why is a 33-year-old man acting like a 14-year-old child? But mm-hmm. that never really clicked for me until a good halfway point where I was like, oh, this, yeah, he's kind of like a kid. But it still doesn't excuse a lot of things that are happening. Yeah. There is that one conspiracy dude that helps him along the way. Oh, he's, yeah, the guy who's drew the... The Silver Lake comics. The Silver Lake magazine. Yeah. Which is, like, there's so many, like, great little... I, okay, that animation are, was kind of cool. I like that. The animation, yeah. Like, the myth of this, like, what, what is it? The person with the owl mask. What's her name? I just like the idea that she's, like, this almost, like, small like a ghost, but, like... An entity? Yeah, something? like, this entity that can, like, come into your house. And, it, like, she does come into Sam's house. Yeah. Doesn't come back until... Nowhere else in the rest yeah. of the film. But she's like this ghostly entity that just slowly stalks and kills people. Um, Who are like Reddit theorists. <laughs> yeah, purely Reddit theorists, like conspiracy heads. And as if she's like this person that as soon as you as soon as you become woke, they, mm-hmm. like she comes and gets you. Yeah. I don't know, there's just like these weird things that like contribute to this overall like fantasy of just going through like surrealism. I just felt like the... Because it's very reminiscent of old. And it tries to, as we mentioned, like, allude to a lot of classic Hollywood. And then it tries to mix in, like, the absurdism. And for me, that just never clicked together. Like, I was like, this is weird. You're trying to incorporate classic Hollywood with absurdity. Mm -hmm. Like, modern-day absurdity. And then there's that great... I think there's that one shot at the end where he has this table of all these things Mm -hmm. that has played a significant, at least partial significance to the film mm-hmm. he's got like that playboy magazine from when he was yeah. like, 14 years old and jacked off to it the first time yeah and it's <laughs> like if you look at the imagery the imagery is of the same when that person when the lady gets shot mm-hmm. in the the reservoir it's the yeah. same kind of picture Hold, yeah yeah or it's probably pose pose yeah it's the same kind of pose and it's just like wow this thing from 14 when he was 14 years old and now it's it's coming to life yeah it's just like there is so many like connections that I want to just like go back and like try mm-hmm. to. Like, I mean, we've yeah, we've both seen it one time. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. there's like mm-hmm. twenty things going on in this film, so like it's definitely worth a rewatch. I don't know if I'm gonna go back, but since you really liked it, yeah, I, I ended up buying it. Oh yeah, <laughs> which is weird because like they do like this weird pricing model on iTunes where it's like, do you want to pay six dollars to rent it or fifteen dollars to like buy it? And like you know. The business major in me is like, well, I should just rent it because I'm going to say that $9 is going to, you know. Mm-hmm. Come it, back it, to hot if I come back. Like yeah. If I don't like it, then I have it in my library forever. Mm-hmm. Or like that $9 can be used elsewhere. But like, I also think it costs $15 to go to a movie here in Seattle. That's true. So it's like, well, I'm, if I pay to see it, whatever. But now I have it and I can rewatch it and just see different things. Wait, for iTunes, when you rent it, and then you, if you, like, decide to buy it, you have to pay the full price to yeah. buy it. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> it should just be, like, a continuation of, like, oh, pay $9 extra to pay the full price that you've already paid for. That's not a bad business idea. You should you should do a send an email to Apple and just be, like, you want to milk, like, 
$11 more out of people. Just tell them, give them yeah. the option to buy it afterwards. Yes. Yeah. If they like it enough, you could pay another $11. Now. I thought that was, like, basic. You can do that with their their albums, right? So if you buy an individual song off of yeah. the album, it'll take the price that, like, a, it's now $1.30. Mm-hmm. It'll take that $1.30 off of, like, the $10 to buy the full album. You mm-hmm. can just buy it later. I wonder if it's just, like, they might have, like, a different model for renting. And it probably has to do with, like... The content correct. people who yeah. hold the, the things and they don't want to do that, but but they should do that. iTunes, Apple, if you're listening, I doubt you are, but <laughs> um, they're like they're like starting to get. There's for the longest time in like the business school, we did all these like assignments, and there was this one thing where I was like, you can't, you got to debundle all these TV things. You got to sell individual channels, and they're only just now starting to do that. Oh. It's got to be because of like contracts. Things, oh yeah, for sure. Where they're like the content providers don't want to play along, mm-hmm. but. Think about it. If you just have like individual channels, right? Mm-hmm. And you just buy the individual. You can buy like AMC for like ten dollars, right? Yeah. And if you want to buy like, the idea being is that you can't. You don't want to debundle it because mm-hmm. if you debundle it, then all these smaller cable networks aren't going to get funding from like these big ones. So they throw mm-hmm. in like smaller networks with the bigger ones, mm-hmm. and you have those ones, and then those smaller ones survive. But I don't know. I mean, it does go into the fact that like this film is just got shafted and went into VOD. <laughs> yeah, and that's like it's really disappointing because like directors obviously want to have um, their movies played, played in on theaters. The theaters. Yeah, that's the whole point, right? Especially a movie like this, which is so cognizant of like its illusions mm-hmm. to cinema and, and how it feels like it wants to be that, but uh, it's like it's kind of disappointing to see that he's such get thrown out here. This happened with um, the man who oh. killed Don Quixote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just got just thrown out there. It had not the same thing but that film had like rights issues where it was in like development hell for so long mm-hmm. it finally just got played at cans and it got delayed again and again and again mm-hmm. and then it just got came out on VOD and like maybe two people saw it damn but yeah it just feels like you know sometimes I feel like these films should direct not like if you showed any general person under the silver lake would they like it Chances are no. 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 Because they just like, what the absurd. hell is yeah. this? If there was a cinema score for this, it'd be like an F or a D. Yeah, because people wouldn't, they would just be like, like, the, the, like I said, the, the structure of it is not, doesn't lend itself mm-hmm. to that traditional, like, conclusive nature. And there's no, payoff. yeah, there's no payoff whatsoever. Because things start and they get, they get left behind. They get behind. left behind, yeah. So I, it's disappointing to see this kind of film not get a release mm-hmm. like I don't even do you even, it didn't even get shown at like the Grand Illusion I don't think so yeah the Grand Illusion is like that's where I saw Shadow mm-hmm. saw it yesterday they the, were the only one that played House That Jack Built like that weird uncut version or whatever and then yeah I think it just got played in LA and New York on theaters and that's about it yeah it's sad even the man who killed Don Quixote is getting a Grand Illusion release Probably because Jonathan Rose won yeah. I don't know. Yeah, because a lot of critics just didn't like this film, and critic critical reception also kind of plays into a factor, I guess. Yeah. I feel like later on, I I'm personally, you know, it's hard to predict things well in advance of mm-hmm. like the future, mm-hmm. but I feel like this film will get more well received in the future. My personal take. Well, we'll see. I think I'm. The only person I know who has watched it is you. 
Yeah, and I convinced you to watch it. <laughs> so we'll see. I want to talk to some people in film club if they've seen it because I want to get different takes. Let's just force people to watch it. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like that's that's good for yeah. this episode. I think we could honestly do another podcast on just a rewatch because I feel like we've missed a bunch of stuff as well. Yeah, we could just. I mean, like again, it's like the same thing with the Avengers thing. Do we want to talk about individual scenes or do we want to talk mm-hmm. about the whole thing? I think individual scenes doesn't contribute well for this film. As it just goes Avengers. like the the blank check podcast is mm-hmm. scene by scene, mm-hmm. or at least they try to, and then it begins to be like two and a half hours, mm-hmm. which is fine. Yeah, you know, I like listening to. I'll listen to blank check in like portions where I'll listen to half an hour mm-hmm. to and from class each day, and then I'll end up finishing the podcast. I started on Monday, finish it like on Friday. Mm-hmm. Not not our style, <laughs> but yeah. I'm I'm sorry you didn't like this film as much, yeah, but I'm, I'm no, glad you fine. saw it yeah. at least. Yeah, uh, you know maybe. I get why people would like it. There's a lot of interesting things happening for me. I think it just gets too overshadowed by its male gaze thing, and it's for me it kind of felt so like the film was like saying like look how smart and important I am. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which you, I did couldn't just get. We need even. Just, just a side point for you. It could, do you think this is like David Robert Mitchell being like, I'm a smart, I'm super smart? That's what I thought. Of okay. That. And that's probably why I didn't like it. Yeah, because it does, like, I can totally see how like it comes off and rubs people the wrong way as like mm-hmm. being super superficial. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the critics, Mark Kermode, who does um, BBC, I think he left BBC now? I'm not entirely sure. Oh, wow. But I found his opinion of it. And he didn't like it at all. And I'm like, I trust that guy's opinion like more than like he's pretty up there. He's up there yeah. with like I trusted opinions. Um, and he didn't like it at all. And with he said, reason because it, it feels too self-important. Yes. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, that was the vibe I got. I was like, you're just trying to. It feels like you're trying to tell us something that you're saying. Like I'm the only person that's ever thought of this in my life. In yeah. The and that could be something like I'm reading too much into it. Mm-hmm. And like the actual objective, like visualization of it in the construction of the film itself is not that well done mm-hmm. but who knows it is art and everyone reacts to it <laughs> yeah so, exactly but yeah. I'm glad you liked it I'm glad I, I'm, I'm glad I did like it that's, <laughs> no, that's another thing is like you know to like sometimes it's like really rude for someone to like just like rip on another person's mm-hmm. like love of a film even if like you like hate it yeah, I, I, I am I am pro trying to convince people of like a, if someone thinks something's a bad film, I am mm-hmm. like pro uh, trying to convince them it is very good mm-hmm. and like trying to sway them. I'm not like so hot on like trying to convince people something yeah. is bad. Like I didn't like unless the film, but I'm not telling films. you not to like it unless yeah. it's superhero films, in which oh. case I'll, I'll fight for it. Yeah, ironically, mm-hmm. but you know, if someone likes something, just let them. Just let them like that Twitter yeah. thing. Like, shh, let people enjoy things. Yeah, yeah. But that should do it. Thanks for coming on this week. Yeah. Uh, you can find we post a podcast every Monday at eight a.m. Mm-hmm. on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. Um, we are on Facebook at UW Film Club. We are on Instagram and Twitter at Film Club UW. Uh, we have a website, tons of writings. We're doing SIF yeah. coverage. Part of me is like we should do this at the beginning because I don't know how many people will reach the end of the podcast. Oh, yeah. We should plug like the UW Student Film Festival and like our active covering of SIF yeah. at the beginning. SIF coverage. There's some cool, really cool stuff we're seeing this week. Yeah. I'm very hyped. Yeah, there's some 
uh, our SIF coverage, we do capsule reviews mm-hmm. uh, that will be going on throughout the out the runtime of the festival and leading up to it. And use our Amazon Smile Link. Casper mattresses, uh, Blue Apron, HelloFresh. Fresh. It's we should do that game where it's like. Um, you keep going back and forth. Until you can't think of one. <laughs> yeah, it's like that letter game where you try to come yeah. up with like a, a word that continues with that letter. We have all the ads, yeah. Like movement watches. Mm-hmm. Mac Walden. All uh, the boxes. All the boxes? <laughs> like that? snack box. Loot oh, box, yeah. Or Bark crates box. or whatever. Yeah. Movie. I've been Movie? Something, oh, yeah. Something's been making its uh, debut more recently with some of the podcasts I've been listening mm-hmm. to. Yeah, movie is like an international thing, like that thing. It's yeah, it's like funded, it's funded by like the EU. Yeah, and like they have a, a finite thirty film register mm-hmm. where they like rotate in like uh, old older films. If you're a student, you can get it for totally free. Oh shit, really? Yeah, totally free. Oh, I have to sign up for that. Yeah, it's, there's literally no reason for students. It's one of the things um, on our website that's really outdated and needs to be fixed is like some of the, like the information. <laughs> do it because we made it when I wasn't like so cognizantly aware of like all these, oppor- all these great opportunities so I may have to update it with like new stuff and movies one of those things where it's like it's just free if you're a yeah student. I didn't know that so it's really definitely get on it I yeah mean, get on it it doesn't work for me now because I'm like graduating but I can probably get away with I don't know like lying or something oh. <laughs> yeah do it. thanks for uh, coming on to the podcast uh, <laughs> I think that's well overdue or sorry or this this ending is well overdue yeah (laughs) just like the movie we are rambling on yeah (laughs) so thank you everyone for listening uh check us back check back next week for whatever podcast we're doing book smart probably book smart definitely (laughs) smart Uh, we have the screening this week you're gonna see for the first time i'm excited for that book smart an all-time classic yeah correct i'm gonna gonna (laughs) fucking rant on that podcast that's going to be one we talked about films that would, you know, you try to convince other people otherwise. That's this change, one. We're going to change the canon on this film. It's going to be, you know, all-time great. It's like super bad status. Mm-hmm. Better than super bad. Uh, but, yeah, thanks, everyone, for listening. See you next week. Bye. <laughs>